You can sing it, Bill. Take it away. I don't think anybody wants to sing it. Is this your karaoke time? Yeah. Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast, episode 106, here with Super Duper Flex. How are you? Good. It's an afternoon delight, so I'm I'm down. I'm Dude, ready. Some of the best times to record, if you can never make it happen, like anybody podcasting should try it, I swear most of the time. Unless Bill and I get in a huge fight today, we're going to feel... Even better than we have the first half of our days. And the days haven't been bad, but it's always just kind of oh. a, a good way to cut up your day a little bit. So yes, let's we'll try not to fight for you guys. I, <laughs> I hear sometimes the listeners enjoy those fights, but we're not going to do it today. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, Bill, I want to get uh, so a couple questions here for, for you to go into before I hand it to you. Um, first of all, I did want to mention too, that if you guys are enjoying hearing Bill's voice and you enjoy hearing my voice, I, I thought we should put this in the shows every now and then, but check them also check them out at fantasy timeline and check out some rookie fever. So you can also hear our voices there doing a few other things. Um, but anyway, anyway, Bill, so first of all, a couple questions I'll throw out here. How do you feel about tanking, and is there a right or wrong way to do it? So, I, as a commissioner or as a just a fantasy football player? Um, well, let's just like, <clears throat> uh, so I, I guess just as a fantasy football player and, and as a non biased commissioner, like, because you're still part of that league, if. Mm. If that's what you're referring to. And like, sure, I get that like there's some extra headaches as a commissioner. And if you do want to bring any of that up, absolutely. um, Because there's a commissioner for every league. Um, But just kind of like in general, like however you want to take it. So with tanking for me, when I think of tanking, I think that that is, um, you know, you're just you're setting your team up to not succeed this year. That's what I consider tanking. So I'm a okay with that. Like. I understand that there there's different phases of dynasty teams, and I think that you know we're, you're always going to have somebody who's in that stage. Um, the The issue I have is maybe when you're not starting players that you ought to be starting in the lineup, and that's that's a whole different story. Like as a as a fantasy football player. I'm not a fan of that just because if somebody decides halfway through, it's just luck of the draw if you get matched up against that person later in the season or not. And that's just so I think if and it can affect your playoffs. Yeah. So I think that if you allow tank, well, you shouldn't allow tanking. But I think that if you like for me as a commissioner, I don't want to deal with all that. As long as you put in players that are on active rosters, I'm not going to even manage it. Like, because I want to be, I don't want to do any management of this. I want to be a black and white issue and you know, that's it. So sure. I don't want to be arguing, okay, you should have started this play over this player. So I just make the rules very lax in that regard, but we use potential points for uh, draft picks. So tanking really doesn't promote anything. Uh, you know, if you're starting a bad lineup. Uh, so I think that that's just 
my way of preventing that. And it, it just, I hope that it promotes people playing their best lineup throughout the season because you're, the only way you can affect that is if you like trade away all of a position or something like that and you just lose those points. Um, so that that's kind of my feeling about it. I, I'm pretty relaxed about tanking. I don't I don't want to be a person that's worried about it, what everybody else is doing. I I just know that depending on the rules, it could make it an uneven and luck of the draw kind of thing with the schedule. Sure. If you're playing for somebody later in the season. And because there are those times when you might legitimately, I might like a certain player this week for whatever reason, and there's has to be an odd man out, and you may not always agree with my odd man out. Correct. In all situations. So there are those situations as well. So you don't want to dig too deep into it and <clears throat> crap on people's takes. or And sometimes it works out for those teams, Like and um, well, kudos to them. Yeah, like what if they play? What if somebody played Olamide Zacchaeus t- this week over Calvin Ridley? Like, you know what I mean? You just you just don't even know. Like, sure. Ridley got literally zero, and Zacchaeus got I don't know what, but he he actually had some points. Yeah, and that team, if they did that, they were probably legitimately trying to tank. And I think they're on that opposite side where I know, as a commissioner said, you d- you don't want to get involved. But then you start to look at some of those teams and. You kind of, to, to me, like, in the end, I feel like that 101, assuming the team that has it didn't trade it away, that 101 should be to the the worst team that's actually trying, sort of, you know? or And I think that there are right and wrong ways to tank. And, um, and I guess, like, and I like how you said at the beginning, because it's not always just tanking. Like, there's a whole other can of worms if, like, you're purposely starting players who aren't starting quarterbacks and it's a quarterback or players that we know aren't playing this week or you know what I mean? There are those situations where you're like, why are you starting like two players on that haven't even played in two weeks? And like, you can still see that they're like active. Like it's not even somebody that's disappeared for a couple weeks. Like they're actively trying to make their team worse so to me it kind of com- becomes this point where it's like man you might not have that bad of a team if you were actually trying you know like um but but you can tell that you're not so you don't get an accurate gauge of how good your team even really is for one thing and then it, it affects your playoffs and it also prevents some of those teams that are actually on paper worse than yours from getting the 101 the 102 or maybe the 103 because you're 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 throwing it just because you want that 101 and to me like when does it end like when do you feel at this point like your team is good enough to actually try to win which is what hopefully 70 percent of your league is trying to do or feels that they can do should i say like hopefully from the first part of the week i hope that everybody's kind of trying to see what they have um and then it becomes a point where like week four I think you can kind of start to get after week four, which we're out of, we're going into week five here. I think you can start to get a little bit of a feel for how your team actually is competing against your league. And it not only by looking at the records, but like by your points compared to the rest of the league, like maybe you're, uh, maybe you're fifth place, but for some reason you have like 10th points in your league Maybe you started valuing it that way, but obviously you've been lucky enough to squeeze in if playoffs were to happen today, which 
Um, so maybe you can keep going. Maybe you look at your team and see what you have. Like, are you missing points by not setting a good lineup? Like, that's obviously a team that's trying. But then you also look at it like, once you get to the playoffs, how are you going to compete against these teams? And, like, when do you kick it into that tank mode? And then what is the, I, I guess I don't want to say the right way to do it, but what is the, is there a proper etiquette to it than just, like, benching your guys and, um, so for me, even for an example too, to kind of take it a different way, like I had a team going into the season that I legitimately looked at as a horrible team or a not right now team. Like it's a nice young team. I like some of my assets, but I can just look at it and kind of felt like I couldn't compete. So I started the season two and two and I'm, I was kind of like, huh, maybe I've got a better shot than I thought. I did. And I'm currently after losing last week, like I was a fifth place team just by my, my, when I was two and one, I was a fifth place team, but after being two and two, now I'm eighth place and I'm kind of looking at the records and I'm like, man, I could squeeze back into that area again, you know, if I get a couple wins in, but then I look at it, looked at the points and I was 11th in points and those 10 that are above me, are considerably above me. Like I've just kind of had some lucky wins. So I start looking sure. at it like maybe this team is actually what I thought it was in the beginning, which is kind of, we'll say not ready. It, it's a kind of crummy team. It's an orphan I took over this last year. Um, so it was nice to see from the get-go. I tested it out and I feel like it's already better than what was given to me because it finished 12th place last year. I've, made, I've, I've changed it around a lot. Mm-hmm. But after assessing the team today... I decided to put it into tank mode and like I traded player, like my, the first trade I made, like in this decision was Jarek McKinnon, Moali Cox, and then James Prochet, which is kind of just nothing that he was just sure. added in the trade. So I traded him McKinnon and Moali Cox. He needs a tight end. He's in third place, but he's hurting at running back all of a sudden and he's hurting at tight end. So I traded him those pieces and I got back, Kendrick Bjorn, excuse me, who's, I don't know, kind of, eh, you know, like especially with all the 49ers wide receivers coming back. And then I got Hunter Bryant. I'm a Lions fan, as you know, and I do have TJ Hawkinson in this league. So I got Kendrick Bjorn, Hunter Bryant, and a 2021 second for McKinnon, Mo Cox, and James Prochet. Okay. And I feel like um, Jarek McKinnon and Mo Cox helped me just enough to make my pick a little bit worse going into 2021. So now I currently have four seconds and I have my first and then one other first from when I was trading in the off season. So I have two firsts and four seconds. Yeah. So you're getting some guys that aren't going to really necessarily help you out this, this year. You're getting rid of guys that did help you and that's how you tank, right? Like that's, that's the, kind of the way like go look for injured players buy those players give up players that will score you points and that's kind of the you know abc of tanking in my opinion and personally i'm not wired to put in a crappy lineup so i'm still gonna try to put exactly dude i'm with you what i think's the best lineup and it might be a crappy lineup just because that's my options but um i'm never truly blowing my team up like some people do because i just don't i can't I guess I can't like get myself to believe that the 101 is worth that much. Right. Like like I don't ever think that one player even if they end up being an elite top 5 at their position 
is worth me blowing my whole team up and then hope that these all these rookies I add hit. Yeah. You know, or you hope that half of them hit. And it's that's really difficult to build from zero. And I mean, you hear stories about it. It's fun when you do it, but of my 20 teams, I only want one or two teams that are like that at any point. Yep. Because Oh, I agree. Yeah. Other than that, it's just I want a guy. I want to be able to win. When I look at my record at the end of the week, I want to be like, okay, I have a winning record, you know. And it's uh, that it, I feel bad when I have a losing record after right. a week. And yeah. So it's just one of those things where, like, I understand the process. And I took over some orphans this year, so they're not winning, and I still put those into my win loss record. And you know, it still beats. I still beat myself up because I'm losing, even though I know that there's like a handful of them that there's no question they're going to lose this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how I built them. But um, yeah, so I think that's just kind of how I do it is like, I'll, I'll just add a bunch of young assets, injured assets, um, and then still put out my best li- starting lineup. And, yeah. you know, if you meet, if somebody, if I make that decision in week five, and then a team plays me and my team's worse because I made one of those trades, I mean, that's just the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're start, if you have other players in your, you know, not, and taxi squad's a different thing. If you want to put your best rookies on a taxi squad i'm not gonna make an issue of that right you that, can't that's there for you, you to can't. do it. yeah I, but, I agree with that too I but think your that's active a good point. roster i think you should put your best lineup from your active roster yep and or at least something that you can argue you know what right. i mean so it's yes. like okay if i go well should i start golden tate or uh i don't know like olamide zacchaeus we'll just use him again <laughs> you know of course golden tate's typically going to be scoring you more points but that I might play Zacchaeus because I can argue that I can at least make a sound argument like, Hey, they're a higher volume offense and I wanted the upside and, and that sort of thing. It's that's about as bad as I'm going to make it for a lineup. I'm not going to start um, Quintess Cephas knowing that he's yeah. going to get one or two targets max. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where, where my head is at with um, tanking, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to condemn somebody for doing something else. It's all based on the rules of the league. And I just think that in leagues, if you're going to be willing to let people tank, you need to have some specific rules to ensure that they at least put forth their best, their best lineup from their roster. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of, I'm the same way too. Like I have too much pride to purposely bench players that I think will outscore other players. Like I'm constantly even just, I mean, even when you're like, Oh man, I've got to start this guy this week. Like he's going to help me a lot. And, um, but for this one, like even this week, like I was in the situation where I, because I have Swift and like I said, I have Hawkinson. I was legitimately starting McKinnon this week on that bye week And I was starting, um, Moali Cox. And I felt like they, I felt like just the points they were going to continue to put into my lineup here and there, even if it's 10 points, Sure. I felt like it was going to be, I didn't, I don't feel like they're going to help me win, but I felt like they would just help me just enough to make my pick that much worse, whether it right. was one or two picks. And, um, and long-term you don't necessarily think that those are guys that you want on your team anyway. So it no. just makes it really, e- makes it really easy for you to make a move like that. Even if you go, okay, right now I'm taking a hit. At least it's at least them not on your team is working for you. Yeah. So now I need to try to move Teddy Bridgewater next. There you go. Actually, he's actually probably not a bad person to try to move this week. Ooh, I like it, Bill. Yeah, they have a pretty good. He has a pretty sweet matchup this week. I think he plays Atlanta. I'll try to get on it, especially with all the injuries and possible. I mean, maybe 
Josh Allen might not even play this week. Yeah. So, which brings me to studs versus studs. Unless you had anything you wanted to add to that. Or no, I think that you... was actually a good thing to bring up because I think my whole thing is try to make it as easy as possible on your commissioner. Like I commit like a th- one third of my leagues, I'm the commissioner. And if you got people chirping in your ear from different levels about different things, it can be a, like a, you know, it can take hours out of your life each day. <laughs> yeah. So just try to be, you know, make things as easy as you can on, uh, on the commissioners. So, but the commissioners need to make rules to make it easy on themselves too. So sure. But, but yeah, I'm ready for studs versus duds. I, I think I got a winner here. Um, I, I, I'll do one public nervous announcement really quick just because, okay. and I'm going to stay in Detroit and my public nervous announcement is a little bit different than my typical public nervous announcements. And I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson, who I've kind of thrown some shade on all year, even though he started the season well, but Detroit's going into the bye week. Um, this is not a hot take. This is just one of those, like maybe, and plus Adrian Peterson's old too. Like if you're on a team that is like the team I have that I just talked about. Adrian Peterson is somebody you should be moving. But going into the bye week, I'm always kind of like, these are the times when I start to look at players like Swift, who I talk about a lot, so I apologize. But this is my example because this is what I was thinking about today, so this is what I've got for you. But who knows how Detroit comes out of the bye week? Maybe they have a different game plan. Maybe they want to get carry-on involved more. Maybe they want to get my boy Swift involved more. Adrian Peterson is not our long-term answer. He may be here, like, as our... He's going to be here, pardon me, but he may be our 2020 answer, but maybe not. Like, you never know. I think now is a good time for you to get rid of Adrian Peterson if you can get anything for him. I saw today somebody on Twitter told me they traded him for Adrian P- or uh, AJ Green, and I loved that move because on paper it seems, like, pretty fair because AJ Green's been pretty lousy this year but the truth is is like somebody like aj green he's not gonna lose his job and and adrian peterson may not quote unquote lose his job but he could have that opportunity share like slowly go away whereas green's always gonna have a role on that field he's an active player this week you're getting rid of him for an aging running back going into his bye week Um, At some point, A.J. Green's probably going to have a couple breakout games where you can sell them for a little bit more if you still want to get out. And I'm guessing these teams took care of some positional problems. But I love that move for him because he got a wide receiver, even though he's aging and he's on the decline. I like that more than I like Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I dig that. I think that's a really good trade. Uh, Just by somebody who's old as well that could potentially end up getting you know, higher, vo- that's a high volume passing offense. So yep. there's a chance for him to pop a lot more than Peterson. I think Peterson's pop was like a couple weeks ago and that's pretty much, you know, probably low RB two because he just doesn't catch passes. Yep. All right. So into studs versus duds. Well, let me do one real quick nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, um, I saw something today about the usage of Jonathan Taylor and it's a little concerning, at least in the short term. Uh, basically Jordan Wilkins is getting almost the same amount of touches and actually so is uh, Naheem Hines. So it's like basically they're getting about a third of the touches each. And my concern, I I understand why they're doing it. I mean, that's where offenses are going. And I mean, of course, uh, who's the coach there? God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, The former quarterback. Um, I'd have to look it up real quick too. Anyway, um, 
look at us showing our knowledge here. Um, the uh, anyway, he came from Philly. Their running back usage is very, uh, you know, let's just give it to everybody kind of thing. And so uh, Frank Reich and he came from there. So it's just one of those things where like they're very much willing to give multiple running backs the ball. And I, I'm just concerned that based on that usage, I'm not sure he's ever going to have like the ceiling that we're hoping for, at least for this year. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that we're going to have to be worried about uh, for a while. Unless he is currently running back 16 mm-hmm. bill. Yeah. But his usage last two weeks is like a third of the touches. It's it's mm-hmm. if you remove game one where he kind of popped, like it's not nearly where, um, He's not running back 16. Sure. So, like, he's probably in the RB3 range. And and that, that's kind of my concern. I mean, if you're if you're hoping for RB1 numbers from your top running back in the, you know, potentially in your rookie draft, uh, I think you might have to temper that a little bit. Yeah, definitely worth monitoring. You're scaring me now, though. Yeah, me too. I have a, a few shares of him for sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely have a lot myself. Like, him and Swift, man. Yeah. Got a lot of both those guys. <laughs> um, so earlier, okay, so we mentioned uh, maybe no Josh Allen, and that's where I kind of wanted to go into studs were studs because I wanted to remind everybody of what Brian did last week. And I, I want to get Bill's thought on this because I don't think we can give this to you, Brian. I apologize. But Brian took um, Cam Newton last week, who obviously ended up not playing, as we all know. And... He took him against Fitzpatrick, so it was a clear win. But then even if you give Stidman and Hoyer's points combined, they had 7.7 points to Fitzpatrick's 22.3 points, which is a win for Brian if you look at it that way. But we don't know what Cam Newton would have done. Um, this isn't just me like trying to not give. I, what I'm saying is <laughs> I feel like this week should be a wash because if you have to have players that are playing. And while this was unprecedented, can't talk, but I, I just, I just don't know if we can give Brian the points on this. Well, the first week I picked somebody who ended up not playing and I didn't get any, um, bonus or any sort of leeway. So I think that we just don't give him any leeway as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree. So what we ended up looking at here was, so I took Brady, um, who was 89% owned at the time, to Carr's 19% owned. Brady ended up having his pretty much best game of the year, and he was QB2 on the week with 33.46 points to Carr's 20.44. So another like kind of showing that, yeah, you can throw some duds out there and get points, but not a win for me. Like Brady heard me talking smack, and... <laughs> came back hard and then um bill no offense if you didn't listen but did you listen and did you know who you picked last week on studs were studs i do not know who i uh i i picked so you ended up taking the stud kyler murray versus haskins at eight percent kyler murray was a hundred percent um your stud was picked by brian and yeah. he picked Kyler Murray, who he thought was going to have a bad week. And I took Haskins, who I thought would have a good week playing for his job. Like, we legitimately had takes on this where um, we 
we felt good about it. It like we thought that we were gonna win for you. Um, we knew it sounded gross too, so there was some fun in it. But oh yeah, Haskins no, I mean, that's did fine. lose I mean, his job. <laughs> he did lose his job. <laughs> he uh, it, it was a uh, we were right about one thing. <laughs> Haskins was playing for his job. <laughs> that um, just does me no good though. So. Yeah, it does you so no I got good. Zero so is what you're we all me. got zero. zero. Yeah, we all got zero. You remain at zero points. Brian nice. does remain the winner at eighty nine point eight two, and I'm second place with eighty six point seven eight. We're living off week one here, just crushing Bill. Yes. Um, We're not good at this game. So, how do you feel about this Haskins move? Like, all he's from the starter to third string. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last night because I was completely unaware that he didn't he didn't not or he didn't just get overtaken by Kyle Allen, but also he is now down to the third string and not even going to be dressing for the game, and yeah. that blew my mind. So they put Alex Smith as the backup, and I mean that's kind of cool. I just I, I don't know, it just blows my mind. I, I think that you just better hope that he kind of reacts the right way and starts putting, you know, starts. I guess he handles it the right way and just starts to want to learn and get better because, you know, there's a, it's really easy to go, oh, man, I was given the opportunity, I failed, and now I'm done, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, I mean... doesn't feel like I'm a not, confidence I'm, builder. Yeah. I'm not going to uh, probably make any moves to add him at the moment, but let, let's say four or five weeks down the, down the road... He's still not getting any opportunity. I'll be willing to throw some late round picks to throw him on my roster if they're, you know, if it's a deeper roster. Yeah. Uh, just see kind of what happens in the offseason because, you know, if it doesn't work out and they draft another quarterback, I mean, you can still probably dump him for something. And if not, no big deal. You're not out that much. I have not put him on the block in any leagues. I have a lot of shares. I have gotten yep. two offers, um, just okay. blind offers sent to me. One was a 2021 third in which I feel like it's he's worth more to hold on to. I've seen backups get traded for a third, let alone somebody that we still have some amount of hope in um, at that. And maybe I lose that trade in the future and I wish I had the third. But at this point, he I'd rather stash Haskins. And the other one sure. was uh, like Jeff Smith and a fourth. Yeah, those don't do anything and, for me. And I'm just like, why even send it, you know? And um, and that's the problem too. Like you mentioned, like I wouldn't mind going after some Haskins, but I don't want to send people offers like that. And you don't want to necessarily get any more invested than that at the same time. So it's, yeah, he's a and tough I one. feel I feel you can you can send in at least that third round pick. I think you can send that in like four or five weeks when people are trying to figure out. Even during the bye weeks, if people start getting nervous and they see he's not getting any sort of opportunity. They might be willing to just cut bait to get that roster spot. Yeah. So I think I think like let's say I don't know middle of November, right around Thanksgiving, send a third round pick. Somebody might take it. Yeah, I feel like the way if you want to sell Haskins, I feel like the way to move him at this point is you you add him to said wide receiver for a little bit of a wide receiver upgrade or said running back for, and I mean, I don't mean a lot cause nobody's going to give you all of a sudden, like double your money on your wide receiver at this point. But I mean like a little upgrade or somebody you favor more, um, sure. maybe like you add him to Marquis Brown or something like that and see what you can upgrade to from there. Or, 
uh, if maybe it's a positional change where you hit, add him to a wide receiver to get a little bit of a better running back and it eases the trade a little bit. You're definitely selling low on Haskins right now, no matter what you do. I do feel like if you want to move him, unless you can get like a second, I think that that's the move you make. I don't think that you take a third or a fourth or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as of at this point, I wouldn't. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. But, man, I think it was a – I think it's too bad. And I kind of get what they're saying, you know, like Kyle Allen knows the offense better. Um, but just – I mean, is it one of those situations where they want him to like, – he's kind of a, a little bit of an arrogant kid. They want to show him some humility and see how he does with that and see if it kind of puts him in his place a little bit. Or I, I just can't see, like, the move here on – what it does for his confidence. I think that, I mean, he's proved, he's shown some actions that make him look immature. Sure. And I, I think that that is probably where it's a little bit of a growing pain to understand how to be a professional. And he's not gotten, that's not clicked with him yet. Um, I ran into that when I got out of college. I mean, it was just one of those things where you just, you had to learn that you actually had to work. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, like, it was one of those things where, this is expected of you. If you want that paycheck, you better better do what's expected of you. Right. And he's he maybe he's not doing that. Maybe he's goofing around in meetings. Maybe he's you know he was at the end of the game that one game. He's over there taking selfies with people. Yeah. And he just wasn't having to game. be against the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? Like I mean, last year, like I think Ron R- Rivera talked about that at one point when he came to the Redskins or Washington Football Team. Pardon me. Yeah, so I mean, those are just things that I think maybe this is like a, hey, get your act together. We, if you want to succeed in this league, you gotta you gotta learn from these guys. You gotta learn from Kyle Allen. You have to learn from Alex Smith. I mean, if you can't learn under Alex Smith, you're gonna be in trouble. Alex Smith is just a consummate professional. Like the way he handled the whole thing with Mahomes was just pure class, and he's one of the smartest quarterbacks out there. So I mean, if you can't learn learn anything from him then you might be a lost cause and who knows maybe six years down the, the line something finally clicks with him and he, he changes his ways but sometimes that's just too late because you're not getting that opportunity again yeah yeah and that's just it um how do you feel about alex smith i mean i'm rooting for him i mean i'm not adding him to any of my rosters I, like to throw one pass or and and i told you bill and i weren't gonna fight but it might happen here my yeah. my thing was like you see Alex Smith and like gosh I I would love the redemption story like this is not me wishing failure but I what I go back to and I know it's been a couple months now but what I go back to is seeing Alex Smith so excited with his kids um when they they were when they made that sign for him and he came outside and he was running and jumping around and how hobbled he looked I I just can't imagine him being I don't even want to see him get hit and see what might happen. I mean, if they're going to put him out there, they got to be really, you know, really sure that he is capable of taking that hit. And I was listening to, what was it, the Yahoo NFL podcast, and they were saying, man, it's going to be a lot of lot of quick passes if he's back there because they're not going to want anybody getting around his, his yeah. ankles or legs at all. So you're going to be looking at just like a dink and dunk kind of offense. And maybe they do that at the end of a game just to get them back on the field. Who knows? But 
Like I'm rooting for him to succeed and to be confident and to be healthy and all of that. Sure, absolutely, how, dude. How crazy would it be if he became a a journeyman quarterback and then what if he becomes the next Fitzpatrick or something? You know, it's just one of those things where um, I hope it happens. I'm just as a fantasy football player, he's not going on any of my rosters. Yeah, and me like, and I'm I'm fine being totally wrong about this, but I feel like realistically, that's asking a lot of. Alex Smith and his leg and, and, but I, I'm with you, dude, if that happened, like I'm all, I'm going to be cheering with you. Like, absolutely. I I'm, that would be awesome. Like I said, I'm fine being wrong about this, but for me, I'm, I'm kind of just scared. Like there's no way, like, I feel like let's hypothetically Kyle Allen gets hurt this week, which I also, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but hypothetically gets hurt. Do you see, a situation do you think Alex Smith is the starter week six or do they go back to Haskins I mean only they know um I I gotta imagine they go back to Haskins but I mean they know his health more than we do Alex sure. Smith's health so I mean that's just me guessing but I mean the last thing we remember are bits and pieces that have been given to us we don't see the daily practices where they for I mean, sure. he may have taken sure. he may have taken hits already, yeah. and and we're he may not be hobbled we're not like that video that. that's in my head. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's a little bit more difficult for us than the coaches. So, I mean, I guess you just have to trust what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, dude. It's just hard for me to picture that. Like, dude, for me, like, I I I feel like the story is like they at some point they're gonna find the opportunity to get Alex Smith in there to throw like an eighty yard bomb and that's gonna be it. There's your stats for the year, and, and we're gonna be excited. <laughs> like yeah. that, I feel like Alex Smith wants to throw one more pass in the NFL, but I feel like it's kind of unfortunately over. Like that process that he went through and where his leg is at today versus I mean he almost died like he almost he lost his leg like there's so many you know what I mean like you saw his black leg that I mean he's they took out so much of his leg yeah I mean that, that's crazy it's just I mean who knows I mean this could just be one of those things where we're gonna get him out on the field one time and we call it a day and and it's still be that's, fun that that's his Rudy moment and <laughs> you know that's that I mean, who knows? Who knows what their intention is? And uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks, I guess that'll be the answer. So, yeah, I'm curious as well. So, 2021 third or Kyle Allen? Uh, I think I think if I'm hard up at quarterback, I'd pay that. Yeah. Um, I, I would, if I have Kyle Allen, I would rather just hold him for that personally because maybe he pops. I mean, if mm-hmm. a third rounder really does nothing for me one way or the other. Yeah. So, like, if you're not giving me a second for him, I'll just wait and hopefully he becomes worth a second. If he doesn't become worth a second and he doesn't play the rest of the season, I'm not out anything because he wasn't worth anything two weeks ago. Yeah, if he plays a couple good games, you can probably get a second for him pretty easy instead of that third. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, well, that got a little lengthier than I thought, so I guess we'll skip into the studs versus studs. All right, you want me to start? Heck yes. All right, here is where I finally get points. And I am going to go with Kyle Allen versus the Rams at 2%. And he is going to beat the stud Carson Wentz, who plays at Pittsburgh, and he's a 66% ownership. I like it. I yep. like the Kyle so Allen I think one that, 
I mean, the Rams, they can put pressure, but I feel like uh, Wentz's offensive line is so horrible, and I think that Pittsburgh has pretty amazing pass rush that the only thing Wentz has going for him that Kyle Allen doesn't is his legs. So as long as Pittsburgh kind of schemes for that, um, I think there's a pretty decent shot that Kyle Allen can uh, can match or beat Wentz. I like that one. That I man, yeah, I think that even with just the low sixty six percent ownership on Wentz from the last few weeks, I think that that'll be a tough one to beat. Definitely do. Um, man, so I'm gonna skip over some of my man. I'm trying to think if I'm playing the game wrong this week. I might be looking at like the low ownerships too much. So the guy I want to take is Justin Herbert, but I'm looking at like Kirk Cousins matchup at only 29% ownership as well here. And I kind of just keep wanting to go to him, but I'm going to go with Herbert at 40% ownership as my dud. Sorry. We usually start with the stud, but I'm going with him as my dud. And I think uh, you took Wentz. I'm going to play him against the 84% Ben Roethlisberger against Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, I can dig that. I mean, he Herbert's looked really good. And actually, a uh, as you were talking, I just got an update from CBS saying that they have announced that he will be the starter the rest of the season. Nice. About time. And we kind of knew, you yeah. know, especially when we didn't see Tyrod back for – the after the second week of getting his lung punctured by their amazing doctors <laughs> like that kick butt they just said stuff. all right we're not giving you your job back but here's 10 million just keep quiet seriously and, though and we're just be the supportive teammate he's like deal like when he was mad on the doctor's bed and he was like am i gonna lose my job because of the medical staff punctured like no 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 Tyron. you're good like it's good like <laughs> There's no way this rookie's going to be that He's good. He's a backup for a reason, Tyrod. <laughs> um, so last week for you, we we both picked one, like I said, and Brian picked your stud, and I picked your dud. Who would you like to pick okay. for Brian, his stud or his dud? I'll pick his stud after you pick his dud, because i got to go back and look at the sheet. Ooh. All right, so you're going to go up. Man, you did it to yourself. Um, you know what? You picked his dud too, and we are going with Teddy Bridgewater at forty-two percent ownership Ooh. against uh, Atlanta. I like that. I should have done that. <laughs> um, could you play this game for me too, Swags? Oh, dude, that you, would you, be but amazing. Kyle Allen, I think, was a pretty good one at two percent. But okay, and I think this could happen. I think that like I'm gonna have him go up against Dak Prescott. Ooh. And the reason I say that is because they're playing the Giants, uh-huh. and I think that Dallas is just going to beat them from the start, and then they're going to use Zeke. And so I think that Dak isn't going to have to do super high volume because I don't think they're going to fall behind. And so I like that. I think I actually think Har is going to win next week by doing that. The highest owned player on Yahoo at 100%. That's right. You're welcome, Har. That's what you get for going Kyler Murray against Haskins. (laughs) I like every other quarterback matchup that's a stud um, in the top eight. So I probably should have just went with a stud for 50% so he'd only get eight points. Ooh, yeah, dude, that'd be... (laughs) Why haven't we done that? (laughs) Nah, because we're trying to play it the way that, you know, we're trying to be fair about it. It'd still be fun. I kind of like it. It'd still be fun. 
Yeah, so like Gardner Minshew at Houston. Yeah, it goes from Gardner to Wentz pretty quick there. Like the 49% on Gardner to Wentz oh, at 66. Yeah, six, Wentz is the lowest owned player that would um, work for this game. Yeah, and then Goff um, at Washington. Now nah, I'm going with Dak. We're, we're sticking with Dak. Because right. then there's still the, the question of like Dak could still go off. So it kind of, uh, you know, it's like a 50-50 shot and – but I think that that's actually quite possible to happen, that he wins. Yeah, I Danny like Hart. it. Hit us up if you ever have any questions on these studs versus studs or if you have, like, a guy you're trying to stream or some lineup questions. And, I mean, these are some moves that you'll hear us talking about in some of our other chats that we have privately, like, um, should we play this guy over this guy? And we have our own little situations where we mess with our heads a little too much as well. But these are plays that we would legitimately make here and there you know so if you ever have any questions or feel like it's crazy just holler yeah i mean i've been so good that you should probably hit me up first but you did really good um week three it's just that you went against josh allen dude oh yeah you had the highest scoring dud so in a in a way you won or you proved the point of the game the most but you went up against josh allen yeah it was uh you talked me into being really risky that time, and I shouldn't have listened to you. Yep. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. Go with your own gut. Don't listen to what other people say because there's something inside of you telling you to do something. Yeah, and I'm not blaming you on this way because I'm just saying in general, you know, sometimes you can ask other people's opinion. You mm-hmm. end up making that decision, and then you – I'd much rather make my own mistake and then – I agree. Make somebody else's mistake <laughs> no i agree and i mean but it, yeah definitely and it's okay you know with that said to like bounce some stuff off your friends or us or sure. anybody and um see if you are drinking the crazy sauce but in the end man yeah i agree with bill like it feels so much better when you play the guy that's with your gut and you get it right and, and i mean even at that like i i don't know yeah i want to get the things wrong and I don't know. You said it better. So I'll, I'll just be quiet and you can tell them who you are and all the great places to find you. <laughs> Bill McCarthy at Super Dupa Flex on Twitter. Uh, listen to at Super Flexperts and at Fantasy Timeline. And you'll hear me here every now and again. Yes, sir. And I am at Swagzilla 0G. This is at SuperFlexPod on Twitterverse. We are super flexing. Look at this. Look at these biceps. Mm. <laughs> super yeah, duper flex. That's right. Let's see how. Uh, see if I can go over 500 this week. Maybe I can make it two weeks in a row. Yep, and and he's counting his tank team. I am. Got to. You do. Don't don't be showing us your records without your tank team included. Yep, that's part of your por- portfolio. I'm in 31 leagues, and I only had one team that I was kind of like um, planning on having as a tank team, and it's kind of still that way, even with the ones that have losing records. Like, I just feel like there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, there should always be a chance, especially this year. Yep. I agree. I mean, everything could be so different in two weeks. Yeah. 
Like everybody that has uh, Derrick Henry could be. without him forever because of the Tennessee Titans being idiots. <laughs> 